Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch. I'm hosting a series of webinars. It's Wendy's webinars. Um, and um, these are all available on my Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. So I've had great guests. I've been doing this since the pandemic started, and I, I haven't counted how many I've done, but I've been doing this for about two months. Um, today, my guest is Dr. Sybil Moe from Italy. She is uh, a person that does, uh, you're trained in kinesiotopia. I'm going to let you do your own bio here in a minute, Sybil, because um, we met because she got some Surefoot pads and we started communicating and I was supposed to go to Italy in June to do a presentation, but of course the pandemic has uh, inhibited that. But because of the internet, we can bring Zoom meetings and it was great to meet Sybil on Zoom and I extorted to be a guest. And so today she's gonna talk about Surefoot and Kinesio taping. So Sybil, just, um, there's a lot of people that probably don't know you. So if you could just give us uh, a little yeah. bit of your bio. I'll go for it. Uh, just a few words. So, first of all, thanks Wendy for having me here. And I mean, you're organizing such a good number of great seminars. And um, I mean, you're now the daily appointment of many of us. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I'm a vet. Uh, I grew up and uh, worked in Italy. And um, I mean, I have, I, I started. Uh, my i would say rehabilitation career uh, at animal rehab institute in fact and this is where i first got in touch with the taping because um they they were showing how it worked on horses and humans and um it ended up in fact uh, kind of uh, stucking my back because they tried to apply it on myself and i was in horrible back pain the day after <laughs> And this is where I just said, okay, this is something that might work. I just need to know how to use it properly. And uh, the year after I got into a human training course, um, and this is when I ended up meeting Kenzo Kaze, that is the inventor of kinesio taping. And he asked me to produce uh, an education program for them for equines. And uh, we worked together from 2012 to 2016. And then in 2016, I just left Kinesio and um, I started working on my own um, taping program. And that's now, um, uh, it's now running as a certification on uh, Animal Rehab Institute uh, website since uh, last year. So this is a bit what it is. And then um, more than being certified as an equine rehab therapist last year, I finally uh, made it to become a diplomate of the American College of Veterinary Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation. And that was a great uh, thing because, uh, I mean, it was hard, but I made it at the end. So when you want, I can start sharing the presentation. I hope... Um, it's, I mean, it's going to be a chat on taping and the idea is to try to understand how taping works and then from that, how it can be integrated with the use of pads, so. Sure, yeah, perfect, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, okay, so. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. Okay, so first of all, if it decided to start, because obviously technology is never helping when it should. Yep, we're good here. Okay, here we go. Yep. Okay, so uh, first of all, what is uh, kinesiology taping? Um, I mean, it's important. Uh, kinesiology taping is the whole thing. 
Kinesio is only the one that has been branded by Dr. Kenzokase, who was the original inventor of uh, Kinesio taping, and he started using it on humans uh, around 1979, and um, it really was brought to the, um, I mean, the overall uh, people's attention with the um, Olympics in 2008. And at the beginning of 2000, it was, um, we, we started to use it on, uh, on the equines. It's in fact a special type of tape that is made of elastic cotton that is able to stretch only in its longitudinal axis, not medicated, uh, which allow people to use it also. I mean, FEI allows uh, the use of taping during competitions uh, only in the stable area, but still we can use it. Uh, other features is that it's breathable, allowing a full range of motion, and this um, permits its use um, during, I mean, more several days, not usually more than four or five. And um, the real goal of taping is to promote the body's healing mechanism. So there are different brands, but all share a similar mechanism of action. So what's this proposed mechanism of action? First of all, there is what they call the embryology approach. So meaning uh, the fact that we apply the tape on the skin is acting on all the other tissues. It's because all the layers are interconnected so a few days ago, uh, Dr. Martina Nieder gave a very interesting uh, speech on fascia, and she was also uh, underlining the fact that fascia is present since even before the embryo, I mean, since just the first cells start to replicate in the, um, uh, in the, in the ovocyte. And, um, and so, I mean, taping is really working because there's, all of these, I would say, fascial interconnection. And the interesting thing is that um, the skin and the brain become from the same uh, embryo uh, embryon layer, the ectoderm. So this is also explaining why probably the tape, because it's applied on the skin, on the skin has such a um, deep effect also on neurological pathways and uh, all of the, um, I would say, neuro-connected actions. Another proposed mechanism of action is the fact that once the tape is applied on the skin, it will lift the skin from the more deeper layers and create what they call convolutions that are these little, I would say, wrinkles that you see on the tape here. And this allows the message of the tape to travel through the tissues and it allows also to create the space in between all the layers and then it's going to affect many other things, such as, for example, lymphatic flow. Another mechanism of action that is proposed regarding taping is the fact that it affects the communication between the sensory and the motor cortex. This is because when the tape is applied on the skin with different tensions and directions, it's going to selectively uh, stimulate different receptors. And this brings, in fact, a different type of um, message that is um, traveling to the, to the brainstem. And at the level of the brainstem, we know that all the inputs, the sensory inputs are integrated 
and they are then um, uh, resulting in the motor output most of the time. This motor output is modulated by the sensory inputs. So this is what allows the tape to um, modulate part of the motor control, in particular to optimize muscle function. And then there is a fourth proposed mechanism of action that is regarding pain modulation. And this can be reached, we will see it through um, two different mechanisms, a direct action that is directly stimulating uh, what we call the pain gate mechanism, and an indirect action that is more, mostly stimulating what we call the endogenous opiate system. So it's a little bit similar to what happens, for example, with the acupuncture. Mainly the pain modulation is reached through uh, the action on also inflammation, edema, and the effect on range of motion. So what can we use the tape for? We can use it for a lot of conditions and um, it can be acute or chronic and it can be situated in many different tissues. And this is because we are able uh, through the different type of applications and the tensions and the directions, we are able to stimulate um, very, uh, I mean, a huge number of different sensory receptors that are um, situated superficially or more, more in deep. We can use it in regular training, I mean in equine athletes that are in um, full work, or we can use it in rehab. And this is a point that is really uh, already um, very similar in between the taping and the pads. The use in combination with other modalities is uh, strongly advised. And again, this is what we are going to see today um, together. I mean, the use of taping together with, in today's case, the short foot pads. And um, the only thing is, it's very important that um, an in-deep assessment is uh, made before deciding what type of taping application is to be it has to be done and um, and then the reassessment of the effects of the tape are also key to success so taping is not just i'm sticking a piece of tape on a horse there's much more behind and it's not totally um uh, without risks i mean uh, it's not going to kill a horse obviously but it might uh, bring out problems or lamenesses and it might make um, things worse. And it has to be used in the hands of uh, trained professionals, not just playing around with it. I mean, it's not because it's not uh, sharp or it's not um, difficult to use that it's not harmful. So, Let's see a little bit how it acts on the different systems and starting with our muscles. So it's a little bit of um, Shakespeare question. So facilitation or inhibition, that is the question. Because we have two ways to affect the muscle function uh, through the different uh, directions of application of the tape, mostly. So deciding already whether a muscle needs to be facilitated or inhibited is, is a big deal and it has to be based on an assessment. 
what can we use tape for uh, within the muscular system? We can use it for disuse atrophy. For example, I think of um, gluteal muscles in horses that might have SI joint dysfunction. We can use it on um, agonist and antagonist imbalances. I'm thinking, for example, uh, of old horses that might have flexural, flexural deformities where they have a hypertone in the flexor um, muscles. So we can try to help reestablishing the right balance. We can use it in muscle weakness. Think about, for example, when we have some type of shoulder instability or uh, when we have, for example, horses that have underwent colic surgery and need to retune their abdominal muscles. And obviously in this case, we need to really be cautious in the use. This is where the assessment is very important. And again, muscle contractors, um, the, the tape is really useful when we have overused muscles or big compensations that we need to address. Talking about tendons and ligaments, we can use it for chronic or acute conditions. Obviously, the applications will be slightly different in between the type of um, action that we want from the tape. When we are thinking about acute lesions, we are mainly aiming at reducing the local, local swelling, the inflammation, and we need to kind of also give in the same time a little bit of a proprioceptive feedback because we know that disruption in tendon fibers most of the time also leads to a change in uh, proprioceptive input from the tendon itself because of the swelling and because in the tendon damage, we lose a part of the receptors. If we think about chronic uh, tendon injuries, um, we know that fibrosis is our main uh, problem and it is the result of an inefficient healing of the original acute injury. And the chronicity is the result of the persistent of attempts to repair the affected structures. In this case, the, um, the application of the tape will have a direct action on tissue remodeling, but also it will act on the compensatory load redistribution through the action of the proprioceptive input. And this is something we have discussed with Wendy about the use of short foot pads, whether we are using it in rehab, uh, for example, more on the injured limb or as an help for the non-injured limbs that might carry an, some type of overloads. And we know that this is happening lots of time. How does the tape act on fibrosis? It's because it has a direct action on the collagen cross-linking within the fibrous tissue. Uh, if we think about the remodeling phase or the rehab phase, um, we have to uh, think about also the help in re-educating muscle neuromotor control. Uh, if I think, for example, of lesions to the superficial digital flexor tendon, we know that it will have an effect also on the muscle that is attached to that tendon. And the superficial digital flexor muscle is really important because of its specific timing of activation during the different stride phase. We know that it's a muscle that has a huge role in stiffening the limb before the landing, 
and then it has an important role in um, kind of helping in the weight bearing. I mean, and the tendon is then having itself a very important role in energy storage and energy release during the propulsion phase of the stride. So we, we really need to be careful that not only we are rehabilitating the tendon, we need to rehabilitate also the muscle that is connected to that tendon. And finally, if we think about, um, I mean, some that it, something that is kind of becoming a quite hot topic, in, hot topic in this moment, that is the compartment syndrome related to um, chronic suspensory ligament dysmitis in hind limbs. Um, I mean, it's, it's a bit of uh, translating what uh, it has been seen in some similar condition in humans, and now it's starting to become more accredited that most of the time horses cannot get rid of their problem in their hind limb suspensories because they have this type of compartment syndrome. And the only way uh, actually is to act most of the time surgically because we are trying to decompress the area and reduce the pain perceptions through uh, neurectomy. Uh, Taping might be a less invasive option, and it might be used. Compartment, compartment syndrome, Sybil. Pardon? Can you define compartment syndrome? Okay, the compartment syndrome is um, a situation in which actually the tissues are uh, painful because the surrounding, so in this case, the suspensory ligament uh, remains painful because the chronic condition has created a certain amount of fibrosis and compression that prevents the, the tissue itself to heal. And it's still keeping the, the, this uh, kind of um, reduction of space that creates the pain because of the compression. Yeah, I, I had um, a bit of that after my second surgery in January. It was very painful down the front of my leg um, in my calf, even though the surgery was up in my hip. It was, uh... Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's probably some type of um, also maybe overuse because of compensatory load, mm -hmm. which might have happened. Um, but yeah, and uh, in humans, they have, they have actually seen, um, there are some types of compartment syndrome that happen in the gastrocnemius, for example, in uh, people that do a lot of running or um, cycling. And, uh, and it's mainly, uh, I mean, in this case, it's because of the muscles and it's mainly correlated to a, <clears throat> a sort of um, maladjustment to exercise. Sybil, we're getting a little bit of feedback once in a while on your, um, I think it's on your end. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's because my phone is ringing and people do not understand that if I don't answer, it's because I don't. <laughs> yeah, because it just got, got worse again. Yeah, okay. I'll just try to kill them, right? Okay. <laughs> so is it better now? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it on tendons and ligaments. I don't know if you, if you have questions, do you want to throw them I in? One question and someone said, how old, how old of a tendon injury can you tape? In other words, does it have to be a new tendon injury or can it be an old one? Well, actually, it can be any age. Uh, the, the thing is, it's going, the, the type of, ten, of uh, taping application will differ depending on um, 
what type of injury you have, whether it's chronic, it's acute, whether you have swelling, whether you only have fibrosis. I mean, it's, it's a lot in the assessment that you are doing of the problem. And this yeah. is where, so yeah. it, it can be any age. In fact, it can be a, a two hours long or it can be a two years long. It doesn't matter. What matters is knowing the problem you're facing and knowing how to address it. I mean, knowing how to adapt the type of taping application you're doing agree, in agreement with the problem you have. And it might be also, I mean, taping is very useful also when you are getting the horses back, in, back into training after a tendon injury to help uh, prevent some type of overloads and also to help the, I mean, the muscle timing to readapt to the right work it should do. So kind of a corollary question is um, someone's asked, for those of us who are not vets, do we need a vet to make the functional assessment? Oh, uh, I mean, if you're not vet, maybe you're an animal PT, whatever. Yeah, of course. And most of the time, I mean, um, I would say that all the taping applications that are um, related to a, some kind of really therapy or treatment have to be applied by a person that is trained for taping application. And most of the time, it's going to be a licensed professional. So either an animal PT or vet. I mean, there are some kind of strict requirements to uh, get enrolled into the taping courses, regardless of who is running it. Um, so it's, it's really, but there are some, some applications that even, I mean, horse lovers or owners or trainers can uh, do. And I'm working now on, um, on a, I would say, small course about um, what we would call taping for horse lovers. So I would say uh, safe applications anyone can do. Uh, probably the tendon ones wouldn't be, um, I mean, at least those that have a therapeutic effect wouldn't be the safest ones to be used by non-vets or non-professionals. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're just using it for like getting rid of edema, uh, it's still safe to be used by anyone. So it, it, it all depends what you're trying to get from your taping application. And this is a bit for everything. Um, it's, so, I mean, so I it's think probably what you, you would say for the surefoot pads, uh, if you're using it on a horse in training or on an injured horse. Yeah. So, so essentially, if you have a, an, an injury or a, an acute situation or you want to treat a chronic tendon injury, you need a good assessment to make, have someone professionally trained to do the taping. Otherwise, basically, you're probably not even going to get any real value out of it because you need to know those things. Absolutely. I mean, you need to have an assessment. You, you need to have a, a diagnosis uh, because the diagnosis of the tendon lesion, I mean, imaging, whatever, is going to give you the extent and the, the severity of the tendon lesion. Whereas the assessment is not only giving you information on the limb itself, it's giving you a little bit more of the whole picture and what might carry an overload on that limb, for example, that might be a predisposing factor for tendon injuries. Yeah. Um, so I see that we have questions coming in. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Linda Greens asked about a specific case, and she's a certified Equitate person. But I think, Linda, that that 
answer is probably better um, asked directly to Dr. Mole later on. We can either Yeah, exactly. At, at the end of the presentation, you are going to get my email address so you can get in touch with me directly and we can talk about it. Yeah, it's a little bit more than what we want to cover in this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, get, going ahead, let's talk about, uh, okay, get back here. Let's talk about joints. Um, so we know that joints um, might obviously be a problem. I mean, um, joint issues are actually considered to be the probably most invalidating type of disease in sport horses at the moment. And um, obviously joint issues might be acute or chronic. Again, it's still same thing. So when we are thinking about acute um, joint injuries or uh, disease, uh, we know that the swelling and the dis eventual disruption, disruption of uh, periarticular structures is a cause of alteration in proprioceptive inputs. And it's also a cause, obviously, of instability. So I'm thinking um, about a very interesting slide that was in Dr. Uh, Johnson's presentation a few weeks, a uh, couple of weeks ago, I think, mm -hmm. when she was talking about what she uh, called the prehabilitation with the shorefoot pads, where she was kind of preparing the uh, neuromotor control of the um, of the muscles to, uh, I mean, face uh, a joint um, issue. Uh, and that was really interesting. And uh, taping is a bit similar in its action. I mean, it's kind of giving the joint an idea of where its position is in the space. And it's helping a lot in, um, on one side, getting rid of the edema, and on the other side, uh, getting more stability of this joint. So all the applications that you see in the pictures here, uh, would it be stifle, a fetlock, or a coffin joints, are all real clinical cases that I've been treating where we had some kind of uh, joint swelling and instability and the tape helped a lot in getting uh, rid of some of the issues. If we think about chronic joint conditions, it's a little bit different because, I mean, we already have a problem and we are within a vicious circle because we know that um, when we have a, an osteoarthritic joint, we have an alteration of almost all the joint structures. And the pain that is become, coming from the, um, the, this um, osteoarthritic joint and the consequent muscle guarding uh, are reducing the range of motion. And actually, this vicious circle that is um, settling is uh, the reduced range of motion will further the pathological mechanism of osteoarthritis. And so the range of motion will more be reduced more, and then we never get out of this. And um, in this case, the taping is a lot helpful because it will act in kind of promoting a better range of motion and will in some way interrupt this vicious circle. Obviously, it's not the magic solution to osteoarthritic joints, but it is really helpful in um, wh when it's used in com combination with other even intraarticular treatments or 
in the case of the short foot pads, when we are using the, the pads to improve the stability, um, we can um, help the joint figure out where it is situa situated in space. I don't know if that's kind of um, clear as a definition. It's really, we need to make the joint aware where it is and what he has, it has to do. So I think there's a question that needs attention straight away. Yep. When so um, let's see, where's that question? Uh, would it, would this approach replace the support wraps that we currently use, like the back on track wraps? Uh, well, it's different. I mean, when you use a wrap, whatever type of wrap you're using, you are uh, affecting the range of motion in such a way that most of the time it's reduced. I mean, if I can think even just a work bandage or um, a stable bandage, it is going to change the way the horse is able to move his joints. The good thing with, ta the good thing with taping is that it allows a full range of motion. I mean, it's not in any way restricting the joint movement. And so this is the biggest difference in between taping and whatever else thing you would be thinking about. Would it be back on track or whatever else? Uh, the, it's, a, it's a different mechanism of action. I mean, back on track is mostly, um, its action is mostly based on the interaction between the ceramic fibers that are embedded in the, in the wrap and that produce some sort of, I mean, they, not produce heat, they use the heat radiated from the body and return it back so that we keep, kind of keep joints warm. Which is obviously helpful because keeping soft tissues warm uh, help them keep some a certain degree of elasticity, but it's totally different effect. I mean, uh, when we keep a, a, a joint warm, we are keeping it more elastic in his capsule, in his ligaments, but we are not really acting on the composition of these um, of these parts of the joint, especially the the joint capsule that most of the time with chronic osteoarthritic changes tends to be more fibrous and thick than it should be. So um, I hope that's for the, this kind of taping application. Do you have to clip the fur, clip the hair? Uh, well, it depends. For this type of applications, it would be um, better, especially if the hairs are very long. Um, like if it's summertime, most of the time horses have short hairs themselves, so you don't really need to clip them. Uh, obviously, if you clip them, it's going to improve the adhesion of the tape. Right. Um, sometimes I find out that clipping the horses makes the tape adhere less because you have all of the, um, I, I mean, unless you really clean a lot the skin and, uh, oh, and right. squeeze it, um, most of the time it's better to stick, in, stick it on their own short hairs. Uh, competition horses most of the time are clipped in wintertime too, so they do not really tend to have very long hairs. Um, so they're, but they're clipped to a length of hairs that is similar to what they have in, in summer. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's at the coffin joint one and thinking about a little um, Welsh cob I'm working with right now has so many feathers you can't even see his foot. 
Yeah, in that case, I would probably clip. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If we're thinking about, I don't know, shires like the Red Bull horses, uh, not the uh, not the the Budweiser horses. Sorry. Um, yeah, for sure. In those cases, you would need to clip. But most of the time, I mean, if horses have uh, short hair and um, and they are clean, because that's the main thing, they have to be really clean. Uh, the tape will stick pretty well. Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, we're having fun. Okay, I'm on okay. a webinar. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's talk about, I mean, uh, I'm not going to talk about fascia because somebody else did it much better than I did a few days ago, and I'm thinking of Martina again. Um, but yeah, taping is, I mean, fascia and taping is probably the greatest combination ever from a therapeutic perspective. Um, and uh, the greatest results of um, taping application I've had uh, have been on fascial restrictions. Um, and as uh, Martina told us um, last week, the biggest issue with fascia restrictions is that the reduced range of motion is causing pain because uh, fascia is richly innervated. And being able um, to, uh, I mean, this restriction is uh, based on the change in the elasticity. And this change in elasticity is related to the disruption of the fiber alignment and the alteration of the cross-linking between the collagen fibers. So this is the way the fascia is pathologically rearranging, right? Uh, how do we influence that with taping? We can, uh, in some way, kind of unwind all of these pathological uh, wrong cross-linkings, and um, and we can promote the fiber realignment. So this is probably why we get so, these huge results uh, with taping on uh, fascial problems. Uh, if we think about then these restrictions causing the pathological movement patterns, this is where really we understand that we need to act on that because that's probably, I mean, the pathological movement patterns are probably one of the most frustrating uh, things that we can face when we are trying to um, work on horses' biomechanics and on horses' movement. Regardless whether you are a vet, a physio, a trainer, a rider, I mean, the fact that the horses have no pain that is recognizable with, for example, nerve blocks, but they are not moving in the right way is something that would drive crazy any one of these professionals involved with the horses. And, um, and this is where um, the assessment is the most important thing because we have to recognize where our pathological movement part, pattern is originating from. And most of the time, the fascial restrictions are not where the horse had the problem. I mean, some horses might have problems in a front fetlock and show a fascial restriction on their hind end. Yeah. And knowing how to um, assess it and then address it is the key to the success. And I think this is a bit what happens also when we are using the shorefoot pads. Sometimes we are dealing with horses. We know that they have had an injury or a problem somewhere. 
and we are kind of uh, brought to focus on that, for example, front limb. And then what's great is that when we use the short foot pads, we see that the horses prefer, for example, to stand on the pads, not with the injured limb, but maybe with the opposite or the diagonal, diagonal hind limb or the opposite front limb. And I mean, this is where really the horse tries to tell us that he can heal himself. And, um, and that goes a lot together with the, the taping idea that it's promoting the self-healing uh, mechanism of the body. So with the, with the pads, the horse can choose and decide what to use. With the tape, he cannot decide what to use, but the tape is going to help him do what he would like to do. Uh, okay, and then, yeah, trigger points, that's another thing that is related to fascia, because we know that um, trigger points are um, focal modifications in fascial mobility. I mean, I won't go into the deep things of the trigger points because we can stay here talking for hours, but uh, just know that taping is a great tool to address it. And then neurologic conditions. We have seen great videos in Dr. Johnson's presentation um, that was showing us how much improvement uh, the horses can have with the use of short foot pads in rehabilitation from neurologic conditions. Um, I wasn't agreeing with her 100% when um, she showed us a horse with tape on her hind end, saying that the tape would have had no <laughs> influence. I don't think it's so, but obviously everyone has its own point of view. And I believe that taping is really helpful in neurologic condition, but it has to be used with extreme caution because we know that a neurologic horse has impaired um, proprioceptive inputs. And sometimes we might get reactions that are not the ones that we would expect on, on a normal horse. And uh, just to show you the effect of taping on a neurologic case, uh, I want to show you this little video. So that's a thoroughbred yearling that we treated at the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine in Perugia uh, three years ago now. Uh, this horse probably sustained a collision injury uh, because they found him in, the, in his paddock, non-weight bearing, and with the inability to um, load the limb and to protract it, uh, the examination and the imaging were consistent with um, a brachial plexus injury. This started too early. Okay, get back here. Uh, so you can see when he's walking that he's um, still having some, I mean, this is the second visit already. In the first one, he was completely non-weight bearing, not able to walk. We did a certain number of um, eccentric loading exercises. I mean, I didn't have the short foot pads at that moment because otherwise they would probably have been uh, the first thing he would step on. <laughs> but I mean, now that I have it, if it happens again, I know how to um, use it. Uh, and then, Okay, so the presentation is doing it everything by itself. And then on the right side, you have already seen the video, he had the tape on for 15-20 minutes. So that's not a long time 
And we can see that he's much more stabilizing his shoulder joint, little bit less painful in walking, more safe. So this is where I think taping is acting uh, really in a deep way and in a quick way. Uh, again, I would have loved to have the pads at that point, but it's going to happen in the future for sure. And does he actually look like he did a little licking and chewing there in the right-hand video, like there? Yeah, also, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did that, and and he did it straight away um, after we we applied the pads. So this horse really has had everything done because they went. I mean. Um, at the beginning, he had uh, some mesotherapy done. He had, um, they were doing uh, electrical stimulation on, um, on his muscles to try to keep them uh, alive, I would say. Uh, and then um, we started with the taping. He had acupuncture. He did eccentric loading exercises. He did carrot stretches. I mean, he did almost everything. And I can tell you now this horse is four years old and he's racing with great results. Wow. So yeah, he just started a little bit later because obviously he was uh, broken in uh, at two years old instead of 18 months as they would should usually do with thoroughbreds. But uh, he started racing at three years old and he was really good. That's so, awesome. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's always nice to have a success story. <laughs> okay, so just to make a little bit of a comparison between what taping and pad do, I would say they both act mainly on uh, proprioception and neuromotor control. Because if we think whatever type of taping application we are doing, we are affecting proprioception and we are directly or indirectly affecting neuromotor control. And this is a bit what we get also when you, we use the short foot pads. So we act differently, but in fact, we are going into the same direction. It's just and I think that many of the um, uh, mechanism of action that taping might have from a receptor stimulation standpoint might be shared by the shortcut pads in the same way or um, in a, I would say, uh, same direction. So when we think about combination, would it be synergy or would it be overload? This is, uh, I'm thinking mainly about a chat that we had, Wendy, a couple of weeks ago, I think. We were talking about taping and pads and all of that stuff. And uh, and in more than one occasion, you talked about the fact that sometimes horses get an overload of uh, information and of stimulation by the use of short foot pads. Sometimes they like so much standing on that that they fall asleep on the pads and you have to really take them off it. And uh, I think that's something that might happen if we overload their system also with the tape. Mm -hmm. uh, when you told me about this situation that was happening with the pads, it just rang a bell in my mind saying, oh, that's exactly what was happening when I was teaching with the horses. Uh, I, I was teaching the taping with the horses and the students were sticking the tape on and off from the horses. And after a couple of hours, all the horses were kind of falling asleep. They were completely off. That was exactly the same situation. So to me, the overload might happen, especially if we combine pads and taping 
we have to just be careful that we are not giving too much. But in the real life, to me, combination between uh, pads and taping is a synergy. And this is a case where I really had, um, uh, I mean, I was really sure that the combination was the, the solution to a sort of big problem. Uh, so this mare had a very bad injury of the deep digital flexor tendon in the pastern and foot area. Um, and she uh, was contracted in her flexor muscles. So she wasn't really completely bearing weight on the left front foot. And she was um, even kind of subluxating a little bit her fatlock. So I tried the pads on the mare and she liked pretty much the combination of the um, green pads behind and um, the slants, the yellow slants in the front. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one day I said, okay, let me see what's going to happen if I, in the same time, I inhibit her deep digital flexor muscle and try to help her get rid of the contractor. And this is a, the pictures that you are seeing and then the yellow slants were also turned on the other way. So first she stand, she's been standing on the slants uh, in order to kind of help her release the tension in her um, flexor side of the leg. And once that happened, I turned the slants the other way around and kind of tried to give her some uh, hyper extension of the fetlock. And I... Um, First, before st uh, I started all of that, I measured the goniometry of her fetlock, so what angle of extension she could have, and I measured it on the left front, that was the injured leg, and on the right front, that was the, I would say, not injured uh, or uh, healthy leg, and then I did uh, all of the pads, taping, blah, 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 and once I finished um, the whole treatment, I remeasured the goniometry of her fetlock joint and the right front foot that was kind of the control limb had increased the extension angle by two degrees and the left front had increased the extension angle by six degrees just having the tape on and standing on the pads wow so that was really really an interesting thing and to me, that was the demonstration that combining tape and shortcut pads in some situations, I mean, you need to target the right ones, it's not for, for sure. everything, might be um, a huge synergy. Um, I've, I've had other horses that um, were in, in which I used it the other way around. I mean, I was first using the shortcut pads trying to investigate where some kind of weakness might be. And then I tried to tape for that muscle weakness and see how it was improving while they were standing on the pads. So that was also really interesting. And obviously I have no videos because I have the very bad habit of not taking videos and pictures of my cases. So that's We all fine. do because we get so busy. We need someone standing with us to do that filming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is why I'm thinking I'm going to very soon try to get somebody like a student or whatever comes to help 
Yeah. Uh, because we need to document all that we are doing. I mean, that's the biggest problem of everything that is uh, within manual therapies, physical therapies, uh, and all these sort of treatments and therapies and uh, helpful tools is most of the time we know it works, but we cannot show it to the rest of the world. Yeah. So that's it. So just in case you want to have more information on taping, that's the website where the certification in taping is running. And very soon there will be a kind of small course webinar, call it whatever you like for uh, non-professionals that will show a few number of applications that are safe to be used by anyone on horses. And for those who want to contact me directly, this is my email address. You can write me and usually I get back within 24 hours. Um, yes, you're good. So I hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to be. And then um, on Facebook, uh, that's the address of my Facebook page. Most of the time I write there in Italian, but you can still get in touch with me through Messenger and I'll get back to you. Okay. So thanks a lot for your attention. And uh, now I'm ready for all the questions. Uh. See, um, so I, I have one question that was going back earlier. You talked about convolution. Um, and now I wrote it down, convolution, but I've forgotten about the context. <laughs> okay, so convolutions is that sort of wrinkles that appear on the tape when you apply it. Like it was the horse neck. Um, right. So um, I've actually seen on some horses when I put them on sure foot pads that you get it, I call it washboard, but you get this wrinkly look down their side, down along their ribs. Um, okay, so yeah, but I think that's probably a little bit different because the, so when we are talking about the convolution, this is an action of the tape that okay. is lifting the skin and creating those wrinkles. And sometimes I can tell you, there are horses that are really stuck in their fascia, especially in the superficial fascia. You apply the tape and nothing happens. It does not appear. And then while the tissues start to release, then the convolutions start to appear. Oh, okay. And it happens also on human backs. I mean, it happens a lot of time that I have riders or owners saying, oh, today I'm really stuck in my back. Can you tape it? And I do it. And, um, and I can tell you when they are really stuck in their thoracolumbar, I, I mean, uh, lumbar fascia for the humans, um, then the tape is just like a straight line. And once they start releasing, then you see these convolutions that slowly That's appear. Right. And it's fascinating. I can tell you, this is really the visual effect of taping on the skin. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think that what you get when you have the horses on the pads is more related to, um, I mean, they're kind of um, self-adjusting their superficial fascia. Okay. So this is why you see these movements. We know that horses have these, um, the musculocutaneous muscle that is the one that they use just to have flies go away when they have flies on. And I think it's a very powerful muscle that they can use to heal themselves in, very, in some small restrictions that they might have. Interesting. Um, there is one question, when a horse has long hair, like in the winter, will tape stay on it? But we kind of talked about that. Um, yeah. 
And so, and in, so in, this, in this case, you, you would probably clip it. Right. So I noticed with your tape that you have really interesting patterns. Are those uh, patterns that you actually make yourself? Uh, yes, I do. I mean, the, the tape comes out as a solid piece, right? Okay, just wait me for a second. I'll be back. We'll do a little show and tell. Because I found her patterns really interesting and I haven't seen those before. So just going to make your tape here in, in live. Great. And scissors. do the colors mean things? I mean, is the color... No, they, no, they don't. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't prepared to the live taping. That's okay. <laughs> but this is great. I love the, I love what we get a live demo. I'm gonna make you spotlight so that we can see this really clearly. There we okay, go. so. Um, so somebody's asking, is there only one tension on the tape? No, you use tension that are different depending on, um, on what type of, um, of application you have to, uh, to, to achieve. So you might be using tension that are like super light, like a 5% tension, and you can use tensions up to 100%, depending on, it, it, it's all depending on the type of application you're performing. So this is our piece of tape. Okay. Right? And then if I want to make one of the patterns that we have seen on the, application okay so that's my piece of tape and i'm just going to cut it so you need to have sharp scissors otherwise it doesn't work yep and so this is how you end up having your oh very cool because i saw that pattern and i and i was like how did you get that that's great <laughs> Yeah, so you need to learn how to cut your tapes and uh, how to um, uh, apply the appropriate tensions. Um, and that's so a lot of what you teach in the course is how to do the tension, how to, exactly. how to cut the tape in specific patterns. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. So and then specific patterns apply to specific type of, um, of applications, right? So... You, you are going to use a specific pattern for a specific type of action. Right. So, yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, years ago, I have a huge scar from my first injury um, in 84 when the horse rolled over me and punched my femur through my hip socket. And um, we've taped it various times. And um, so I've had somebody tape it because it's really hard for me. But she does all kinds of interesting patterns and like scar patterns and, and, and different things like yeah. that. And I mean, scar taping, I didn't talk about it. And, and I didn't talk also about lymphatic taping and other type of actions of the tape because they weren't really um, related to our topic. Although I'm wondering how I could use the short foot pads in horses with lymphatic issues. And uh, I mean, we know that one of the biggest problems in horses that um, that have uh, lymphatic problems is the fact that the lower limb has no muscle pump. Right. 
So from the knee, from the carpus down and from the hock down, we have no muscles that might help pumping the, the lymphatic, uh, the lymph, lymph. and uh, taping is helping a lot in that. I mean, I've had a very nice case. It was a 26 years old horse with chronic lymphatic issue in a hind limb that had a 75 years old owner, right? Oh. And the funny thing was she called me saying, oh, can you do something for my horse limb? And I said, I can try because it's a very old thing, but we can still try. And so I did the taping, the horse improved. And uh, after a couple of times, she didn't call me back. So I called her and say, hey, so how the horse is doing? Uh, oh, he said, she said, oh, he's really good. And I don't want you to tape him anymore because he's feeling so good. He's bucking and kicking and going as crazy. And I, <laughs> and he, I felt twice. <laughs> so he was better with his swollen limb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we get a little carried away when we feel better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if we have any more questions. Yeah. Somebody had raised their hand, but I asked them to put the question in the chat. Um, Joy uh, Fernan. Um, but she she didn't come back because it's hard for me to handle the hand raising and the and the chat. Yeah, for um, sure. But it, this has just been a fascinating uh, discussion. Oh, we answered her question. Yay! Okay, uh, yeah. And really fun to see. Um, you know, my friend who's a Feldenkrais person, Catherine Wyckoff. She's Feldenkrais and she's a physical therapist. And she first uh, took a taping course. Oh, it's probably probably. I hate to say seven years ago, at least now. And when I first learned about taping, but at the time they hadn't really introduced it for animals. And so I know that there's been a lot of development and improvement and I'm sure it's continuing. Um, yeah. And we are trying to start producing some kind of, I mean, it's a little bit the same point where you are with the shortcut pads. We need now to produce some good research um, in order to prove how it works and if it works and I mean, on that point, there was, I mean, something happened that uh, I really didn't understand or like, I would say. So there have been some papers that were produced that were interesting, but actually not conclusive mm. uh, because, um, uh, because it, um, it was saying the tape has no action on muscles. The problem is if you try to apply the tape on a healthy horse that has healthy muscles, it's not going to have any effect. So that's the problem. It's we cannot prove the tape works on a horse that doesn't have a problem. So we need to first find the problem and then prove that the tape is acting on this problem. So that's one of the biggest challenges to prove the tape's effect uh, on muscles, for example, uh, I'm actually working on a certain number of research projects to prove the effect on uh, back pain, on joint uh, range of motion. I mean, I, I have a certain number of things that are going on. I mean, they were going on before the virus locked yes. us yeah. all down. Now, I hope it's going to restart very soon. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I think it's a little bit the same thing with the, the short foot pads. I mean, it cannot be working on something that does not exist. Yeah. And, right. and it's also hard to have a control group and a sufficient number of horses with the same issues that you're working on. It just, 
it gets complicated really, really fast to do a, a clean research project. I have a master's degree and I can remember, even with my simple project, how difficult it is. You, you, something happens, you lose a number, you know, a horse, so your number reduces, you don't have st you know, statistical significance. Absolutely, and, and the, the, I think that the biggest challenge when you're trying to produce a, a good research is uh, you need to design the, um, the project in such a way that you are able to uh, objectively measure your outcomes. And uh, I mean, it, you have to look at so many things to make sure that you're really proving that something is working or not from the case uh, selection to the objective measurements to the type of um, statistics you are doing. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, and I just seen that there's a question. A very good question, actually. Yeah. I came on late. Do you leave and let tape come off as it pleases? No, not really, actually. Uh, I mean, once it comes off, most of the time it has finished its action, especially when you are taping uh, some kind of um, fascia problems, for example. But usually the, the, um, the guideline would be not to leave the tape on longer than four to five days. And this is based on the fact that after this time frame, I mean, these four or five days, the tape loses uh, its um, uh, elasticity, right? So it's not acting anymore as it should. So this is, so you, you do not really let it, come off as it pleases you have to take it off at some point because i had people sending me pictures hey 15 days your tape is still on <laughs> yeah that's kind of like with surefoot i oh seven minutes that's not short that's long you know so um yeah dr Molly, this has been fascinating and i really appreciate you uh putting together a presentation for us it's i've learned a lot and i i mean i knew about taping and i knew that they were taping horses but this has really been very, very um, informative, and I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you very much, Wendy, for having me, and I'm really happy uh, that I, I mean, my path crossed the short foot pads. Yeah, <laughs> um, That's the thing that I, I've met so many amazing people uh, through this whole process, and uh, that's what the webinars are all about, is being able to, to bring out all the people that I've met and the information that I've been lucky to hear about and learn about through these and present it to other people through these webinars. So um, uh, you can find all the webinars on my Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. If you want to get the email with all the links at the beginning of the week, please go to Murdoch Method and join my email list because I put out the email on the weekend and it has all the links. You just have to click on the link to register for the webinar. I have guests lined up all the way into the middle of June. I do not plan on traveling until at least July. So I'm gonna keep these webinars going and hopefully even when I kind of go back to my day job, which I'm not sure when that'll be just yet, but um, I will continue to do webinars, maybe not quite so frequently, but it's just been, I've just enjoyed this so much and enjoying talking to everybody and the connections like with uh, Dr. Neardhart and you and uh, Dr. Johnson and just all these great connections that I think just make a richer 
fuller picture for everyone to understand their horses, rehabilitation and training. It's been really, really marvelous. Absolutely. It was great. And then I'll be there in a couple of days with Becky Simpson because she has been one of my students and I want now to learn from her about the Masterson method. Oh, awesome. Yeah, she's my guest on Thursday. So be sure that you sign up for that one. And, um, and I did already. <laughs> All right. And everybody take care. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you soon.